0: Yo, what's up, mi gente? It's your boy Marco Rojas here at another episode of Aquí Estamos. Today, I want to just share my little interview that I had with uh, Alex Orozco. He's my boy. Uh, He's a registered nurse here in Stockton, California, Um, a huge member of this community. So I just want to share how this conversation went, you know, what we talked about, Um, being a nurse during these times of pandemic growing up here in Stockton, California, and also the issues that we're dealing with with the COVID-19 vaccination. So come check us out. What's up, mi gente? It's your boy Marco Rojas here in another episode of Aqui Estamos. Today, I got my boy, a huge, uh, a huge member in Stockton's community. His name is Alex Orozco. Man, talk to me, man. Who is Alex Orozco, bro?
1: Uh I don't know. I don't. I, you know what? They always ask that stuff, especially <laughs> when you know you interview for a job, and it seems like that'd be like the easiest answer, right? Because they ask you who you are, and You know, I, you know, people go and and talk about their background, talk about where they're from, where they went to school and stuff like that, because it's pertinent to what they, to what you're there for in the interview, right? But if I had to, you know, sum myself up and, and, you know, uh, a couple, you know, I don't know, a couple statements is, I don't know, a caring individual, someone who, you know, holds himself to a certain standard and, you know, holds others others to the same type of standard, uh, because that's what keeps us accountable, you know, Um, someone who just wants to do good. You know what I mean? That's why I got into the profession that I'm in. It's a cliche answer sometimes when they ask nurses, you know, why you, you got into nursing, you know what I mean? And some people do, some people straight up say, you know, they do it for, you know, for uh, financial reasons and, and other people would just say, Oh, I want to help people. There's a lot of ways to help people, you know, and you you could do it without being a nurse. You could do it, you know, other different ways you could do what you do, you know, you could teach and preach and stuff like that, you know? So I, I think in for me, uh, it's more of a deeper thing. It's more just because, you know, I know what it feels like just to be in a certain place that's uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Uh, like hospitals and stuff like that. I know what it feels like to be afraid. And, um, sometimes it's hard to see the things that I see, but you figure a way to be a part of that is you're there to help them. You're not there just to stand around and just see them suffer. You know what I mean? So just to be able to be a part of, you know, um, them getting better and, and being that hope for them. That's, that's why, you know, I do what I do, and that's kind of sums me yeah. up. Yeah,
0: damn. man. You know, you you put a lot of things together to really reflect who you are. Cause you're from Stockton, right? You were born and raised here in Stockton or no?
1: Yeah, uh, not not born here. I was born in Hayward. Okay. I was born okay. in Hayward and I came here when I was one. Okay. So my parents met in Hayward. Um, they had my brother and then they had me, and then they figured, hey, it's too expensive to live out here, and they foresaw it. it'd be way expensive to live out there. So they're like, Let's go. Let's go to Stockton. Let's go to the Valley. So then they came out here uh, when I was one and I've been raised out here, man. This is all I really know. Um, I haven't been out there in a while. So this is my, this is my city. These are this is my community. So this is. That's good, is.
0: man. I, that goes to my, like I was going to say, mm-hmm. it's like, so what, like that's, what does Stockton mean to you, bro? Like, like when you, cause when I always talk about Stockton, bro, I always talk about my home and my community, but that's a cliche answer bro, mm-hmm. for you. What is Stockton? What does Stockton mean to you?
1: You know, it's kind of one of those things that I think I believe it's misinterpreted. The city's misinterpreted because you know, uh everything gets boasted about, you know, the the crime and, and the bad things and you know the, you know that just it just came it's just like uh everything's bad, everything's negative, you know what I mean? But so much talent is in this is in this city. So much so much uh good things come from this city. Right, right you know, for me. For me, where I was born, you know, where I was born, it's kind of, it's kind of, where out there where, where you, where, you stay at, you know what I mean? I was, I was born there, and it's not always, it was, it wasn't always the best, uh, you know, community-wise. It wasn't always the considered the best, you know. Um, and I had a lot of friends who who grew up in sort of the similar paths that I did, and they veered off into a more um, different, different, malicious, yeah, path, different path in a malicious path. You know what I mean? A, a worse path than I did, and. So I believe like we're more, it's not always about your environment, it's more about just who you are, you know what I mean? Because I went to the same schools these people went to, you know what I mean? I did the same things these people did and, and you know, I came out the way I came out and, and some of these people aren't even here anymore, you know? So I just think that there's a lot of misinterpretation about who we are and, and you know, where we're from. And I think, you know, recently, um, one of my friends, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you know who he is. He was on America's yeah, Got Talent. Yeah, boy, Brandon Leak, man. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Leak. Yeah, I went to high school with him. And I remember the first time I met him, he was playing basketball. And I went out for basketball my sophomore year and I got cut. But before I did, me and him did a couple of drills and he would – He would make me look dumb because he was (laughs) so good. I didn't even know he was that good at basketball, bro. I I mean, oh, he was really good at basketball. Yeah, he was really good at basketball. Super smart, super smart guy, super smart, really talented. And uh, I didn't even know he, you know, he did spoken word, you know, until I saw him after high school and after college and stuff like that. I would run into him and he would talk to me about it. And it's so funny that I would see him everywhere. I would see him at Target, I would see him at the, you know, I would see him everywhere. And he would always yeah. talk about this stuff, and then I heard he was doing the, the show. And oh my gosh, look at this! Yeah. he won it. And then I swore a week later I saw him. I, won- I saw him at one of the farmers markets <laughs> out here. Yeah. It's like if he was just, you know, with all these celebrities and on national TV, you know, won all this money and is doing all these great things, and he came back. And he's one of those things that he's an epitome of of you know the kind of people that we are because like he all he talks about is wanting to bring that stuff here. You know what I mean? In Stockton, everything that he's trying to trying to build, he wants to build it here. You know, he's not gonna. He doesn't want to go to L.A. or take it somewhere else and then build it there. He wants to build it here with with his community. So, um, but I gotta get yeah for uh, sure.
0: I mean, he's one of those like a lot of folks that you know could go away, but come back because like that's what it's all about. Like making sure that our community gets the resources that it deserves. And you know, I applaud you too because even for you, like I'm sure you can. Like even for us, like our job doesn't it's not like it's only in Stockton. Like we can go anywhere and and take mm-hmm. our jobs anywhere. But like giving back to Stockton was what meant a lot to you. I'm sure that's why you're, you know, doing what you do here, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: And then yeah, that that was my that was a big thing too, you know what I mean? Because like I said, these are I've taken like like I said, like it's just little things, man. Like Working and working in this in, in this community, you know what I mean. Like right now, you know, I'm working at, at, the, at the county hospital. You know, I work there, and <coughs> me. this is like I said, this is my community. So it's like I'm giving back, and I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't. And kind of like when I saw you, you know what I mean, when you guys were going through uh, um, that, um, what, what happened with um, your your wife's grandfather? Oh, you know grandma. What I mean? uh, well, no, it was no. Well, yeah, grandma. But then it was also Bree's uh, grandfather. Yeah. I remember? Um, so it's just like that's when I see you know the impact of the things that I do. Oh, you know I mean? see when you me. start. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it's like because it's because it's like you can. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Stockton you never met. You know what I mean? You would never. You wouldn't probably like I said. I've taken care of a lot of people, and I a lot of the people I never really met before. Mm-hmm. Then you know what I mean? But then there's those people that I come in contact with that you know what I mean. Knows friends yeah. of mine, family members of mm-hmm. mine. And then that's where the connection really builds like, okay, the, the, you know, this is this is kind of like why I did what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know what I and mean? And I see
0: that you like pursued education out here in Stockton too. Like you didn't want to leave too. What made you want to get into like into the career that you did? You know, like I know for me, I don't know how I ended up in history. I just did. I knew I always loved learning about myself and learning about my cultura and, and, and what's important to me. And then all of a sudden I'm a teacher and I can like give a whole story about that, but like, you, how did yeah, you out. end up, you know, going, you know, with your educational process of you know, where, where you were and then going into nursing and all that?
1: You know what, you know what, it was it's so funny. Cause you know, uh, I get asked that a lot too. Like, how did you start? Or how did you want to start into doing what, you know, what you do. And uh, it started off and when I was playing baseball, I was playing baseball and my my coach's wife was a nurse and, I went to her house one day and she saw that I had charisma and that I was just uh, good with people and I was nice and respectful. And she kind of put me on to nursing. She said, you know, we need more men in nursing. Mm. You know, this is back in 2009, you know what I mean? So, or 2010 around there, uh, I had just finished high school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Cause who, I mean, very few people. And I think it's a blessing when you come out like knowing what you want to do off the bat, you know you don't waste exactly. no time just get into it. I was not that, I was not that way. I knew i wanted to go to school i i did well in high school you know i always had good grades uh better than my siblings um <laughs> but when i left or, yeah way better but when i left high school man i i didn't know what i wanted to do you know i i wanted to do something that that's when the um the recession was right. happening in 09 and people were just you know had all these high degrees in business and all these things and they weren't finding any work and i didn't want to be in a situation where i spent and invested not only time but money into something and not be able to, you know, uh, enjoy, profit from it, you know, with a career, not just that I like, but that I can actually, I mean, have to support me, you know, and eventually my family. So when she told me that, I mean, it was, it didn't even cross my mind to do nursing. You know what I mean? I was always good with people. Um, Ever since I started working at Safeway after the street from my house, I was always, I was always good with people. You know, I was really good at reading people. I was really good at, you know, making them laugh and, and smile and stuff like that. So I thought that was a bonus. And then I got into it and it took me a while. Honestly, Mark, Marky, it took me a while because I was one of those people that that says, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, majoring in nursing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just taking general classes, you know what I mean? I wasn't taking it serious. I had my friends there and, you know, just BSing and, you know, just not Hanging taking it out serious. at the spot. Hanging out at the spot, you know, going to the mall and going to the food court and stuff like that. Because it's always better than, you know, going to class, yeah. I guess, right? Uh, but then stuff happened, man. I, I, I got kicked out of Delta for a semester. I was working full time at the time and uh at a shredding company and I got let go for a month. Oh. I mean, for a semester okay. at Delta. I got let go for a semester and I was just working for three months, man. And it was I figured that this is not what I want to do. I don't want to I don't want to do this. So I I was able to I had to make like a what was it? not a petition, but I had to go back to, and talk to the dean. And kind of write a letter and just kind of explain to him why I deserve to come back, you know, because I was suspended for that you know semester because my GPA was in the toilet. And I talked to him and I talked to he set me up with the counselor and I told her I wanted to do nursing because this time I was really serious about it. And she told me, oh, maybe you should pick something else because your GPA is sub two and your your grades aren't that great. It's kind of hard to get into this program. And I was like, just give me the class I need to take and I'll do it. I can do it. And she printed out my plan, man. And it was tough, man. It was tough, but I had no setbacks. I got uh, great grades in the, in the class. I need to, I passed the tests that I needed to pass with, uh, with good scores. And I mean, it was, it was more of like, I always say that I was blessed and lucky at the wow. same time, man, because I had no other, I had no other right. options. Everyone had different schools they were applying to. I had no other choices. I had one choice, you know, and I applied on my first time and, I got in on my first time. Do you feel like?
0: Do you, and, do you feel like that? The reason why you you were successful with the second aspect of your career was because you were pushed to that lex limit. Like you felt that. Oh, like you felt the pressure. Oh yeah,
1: it was. It was. Oh yeah, because I mean, and I mean, I, I'm I'm still young. Yeah, we're still young. Bro. You know, we're still young, yeah. we're still young. We're still young. But I was getting at that. Point, You're not thirty, I'm right? Lucky, You're bro, not thirty, right?
0: No, You're I'm twenty nine. You're only a. I'm gonna be twenty eight this like in July. So I'm like, we're not even in the thirties yet, bro. So.
1: No, not even in the thirties yet, man. And, and it's, but it's one of those things. It's like, we have a clock in our mind, you know what I mean? Of where we should, where we think we should be. And we have a bad habit as people to compare ourselves to everyone else, especially people we graduated with and friends, even though they might not even be the same. It, everyone takes a different path. It doesn't matter. And as long as we end up in the same spot, you know, where we want to be, I mean, as long as we get there. Right. But in my mind, I felt like I was just, totally like my back was against the wall you know what i mean and, and i kind of hit uh rock bottom when i was just working and i knew it's not what i wanted to do and i felt just kind of worthless i felt useless i was like man i'm just going to work coming back going to work coming back and i knew it wasn't what i wanted to do and at that point that's where like i need to take this serious and i actually need to need to do this the thing is it's like when you start to pretty much fail you start realizing what you need to succeed, what it takes to succeed, you know what I mean? What it takes to do good, the sacrifices you had to make. I didn't know I didn't know what sacrifices I had to make until that second time around. When it came to the time, like I was telling you, I would go to my friends, I would go to the mall, and I wouldn't go to class because I thought I could just get by, you know what I mean? But it's so when I started t- taking classes the second time around, that started going towards my major. It's when I realized that it's just like, this is what it takes. I have to just st- Put in the hours put in all the studying you know sacrifice going out sacrifice doing all these things and it'll pay off in the future you have the rest of your life to, to enjoy yourself and have fun when you're in a better position not only financially but just um just like i don't know i feel like uh just say sacrifice uh, short growth wise just growth just growth wise yeah you know, because i was always it's like it's like you're you're you know i was always envious of those people who had it together you know, and <laughs> it's like oh man i how do you have a nice car how do you have this how do you have right. that and it's like you don't see what it took to get there you know always or you don't see you know the sacrifices they had to make because it's not it's not obvious it's not in front of you you know and it's it's until I had to make them myself and that's when you start appreciating things more and then that's when you know I, it was easier for me to say no it was easier for me to say no I got to do this no I got to do that or putting those hours in because you knew it was going towards something that you know Um, you knew you wanted to do and you knew that was going to benefit you in the future. Not just for me, but for my kids. Yeah, And you value, you value that the degree that you got even more. Right. Oh man, dude. I, when I first time I got, it's just like, when I, when I remember when I got my first degree and it wasn't even, it was just an AA. Right. But people say, don't just say it's an AA. Don't just say it's, it's something right. Cause you work for it. Right. But it was, it was my first AA and my mom would, Oh, it was like, Oh man. It's just like (laughs) my mom would always tell me like, Hey, so when are you gonna graduate? When are you gonna graduate? Because before I got my first A, I was going there. I was there for like four years, you know, taking these little classes and taking time off, and it was on and off. And she's like, "When are you gonna graduate?" Because she expects, you know, this 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 out of me, you know. So when I when I finally graduated, and I finally got that degree in the mail, man. I get, I just handed it to my mom and said, "This is for you." You know what I mean? And I I cried, and she cried, and it wasn't even my nursing degree, yeah. you know what I mean? But it was just that finally you have something that that shows the effort that you put in, yeah. you know and uh, i know it's just a piece of paper but it's it's, it's more than that it's what it's what it symbolizes so when when i got my nursing one man that was i don't know man i was static yeah man cuz yeah that's tough H- absolutely
0: and you're doing something para nuestra gente like you're leaving an example yeah. cuz uh that was like kind of like you said something you know in 2009 you said that, like the lady that kind of motivated you to get into nursing you said that hmm. you all needed a, a male representation because there was Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm kind of my curious, my question is like, what is like when it go co- in the nursing, in the nursing field, what is the male representation and also what is the Latinx representation in the nursing field?
1: Like, uh, like, what's it?
0: So has that, is there, is there a lot of folks thing? that are, is there a lot of male nurses in like, let's say
1: where you work? You at? know what, there is now, there's more now. Okay. I have, a, I have a feeling that before, before I want to say maybe, maybe. 10, 15 years ago, maybe there wasn't. Because I say that because I've only seen a a, a selected handful of older male nurses. And that doesn't mean that they were nurses back then and now they're nurses. They could have gotten into nursing later on in their their life, right? But a lot of the male nurses now are really young. You know what I mean? They're a lot younger. So that makes me believe that, you know, the past 10 years is when they decided to get into this field, you know, but it was mainly dominated by women, Right, right. right? That's what everyone thinks. But a lot of my teachers would always be like, well, it's funny that, that they that it's like that or that, that that's the perspective that people have on nursing, that it was a female dominated thing. When really, it was a male dominated thing, because back in the back in those war days, you know, I, want to, I don't know how long no, this is. Back in the war days, I don't know, a, a year, many years ago, <laughs> they didn't allow women in the army yeah. and men were the only right. types of paramedics and, and medics and things like that that would do this kind of nursing stuff. So, it was mainly dominated by that. Oh, this is my mm-hmm. boy. Hold on, come say hi. Come say hi. Hey. Say hi. Hey. Say hi. How you doing? You. <laughs> say fine. Go. Say hi. <laughs> Just like you, him, gotta
0: Go. 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 Yeah, go. It's all good, man. It's You're all thinking. good. This is natural. You know, it's like, uh can you hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, I locked the door, man. I swear, it's
0: it's I all good, bro. It's just, it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, when I think about it, it's like, I know we were talking about the male representation and it's getting better yeah. now, but I'm like now I'm you got me thinking about you know when your son comes in. It's like you know I'm having a son coming in in about a month from now, man. And
1: like, congrats, I appreciate man. it, bro. That's awesome. I mean, I've been thinking about that for a while, man. I'm like, said so have a baby
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And it's now it's official. It's just mm-hmm. I, that's great. I just want to make sure that you know, and I, I know I know you think about this too. Is like, how can I got, I know my parents did a great job. I know my dad did the best that he yeah. could, but how can I do better? Right. That's, that's, kind of how yeah, that's always going. a goal. How man. do we always do better right? for our kids in the next generation? Right.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it's not even, a, it's not even a knock on, you know, our parents, you know what I mean? But you always want to strive for better. You know what I mean? Every step, you know, so I hope that they do better than I did. You know, I hope that, and I hope that they want the bed better for their kids. You know what I mean? And Honestly, it's, I always talk about this, it's just like um, getting into this, getting into this field, um, you know, back then I didn't even think about, I, I mean, I hadn't had my son yet until I got into the program is when I first had him, right. you know, but it's something you think about, especially when you're thinking about a career is something that, you know, you want your kids to be proud of you, even though they don't even know what being proud is at the time, you know what I mean? It's, and then, I mean they might not even be here yet, but you're like, I want something to say like, hey, your dad did this and something for them to build on you know, yeah. and kind of lay a baseline, a baseline of where we're at, you know? So if I'm, if I'm doing this, you don't have to get in the same field as me, you know what I mean? You don't have to do follow my footsteps and do this, but know, know what I did for you guys so that you know what it takes to do well for yourself and for your family, you know? Um, and it's never going to be easy, you know, things that are worth it are never easy, you know, but they're always worth it. So uh, I talk to him all the time, man. And he thinks he thinks daddy's a doctor. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doctors. Here. We're, I'm, I'm, we're nurses. We're would nurses. you ever
0: consider going into that field?
1: Like, No, man. Honestly, I, no, I, I, I'm going to go back to, I'm going back to school this year, actually. Uh, me and me and a buddy of mine, we thought it would be better to do it together, but we're probably going to go into to go into um, to get our nurse practitioner license, okay. which is the closest thing a nurse can probably get to being a doctor. Um, you know, you have your patients and it's more focusing on the disease process and things like that. And you're kind of, you have your own patients as well. And you can work with their doctor. You can still prescribe medications and you get to diagnose and things like that. And you get to treat, but without having to go to med school and spend a whole, It's just one of those things, man. When we're younger and we think about being a doctor, it sounds really, sounds really cool. But I know a lot of doctors that talk to me, they're just like, "You, you pick the right thing you think the right thing Wow! so it's in, yeah it's know. interesting
0: because it, you say that with the doctor standpoint even for some teachers is like i when i first started being a teacher i was like I, my goal was to go into being a professor right teaching at a college level oh, and doing yeah. some big stuff. but now that i know where i'm at right now and you know at, it's like those that to be a professor and you know to a good school or just a school in general i know you need a master's at a, at a state at a college at a community college and then you need a phd at um like if you want to teach at a four-year university and it's hard because every, and then it's funny. Cause it's like every professor that tells me or I've had a contact with they're like, don't do it because you, it's don't cause you it. stack up the debt and you don't even get, you don't yeah. even, you know, you don't even get paid.
1: Enough. That's, that's another thing, man. It's, it's crazy. And that's why I feel like I'm so blessed, man. So lucky because I know a lot of nurses who got the same degree I did. You know, I got my associate's degree in nursing, you know, and I know some nurses who got that same degree and they paid, a lot of money because they couldn't get into uh, a community college or community program that's relatively cheaper. It's cheaper to get into, but they're harder to get right, into, right? as opposed to going into a private school, which kind of more assures you that you're gonna get in, right? Because you're paying to get in, kind of. Um, it doesn't really matter too much about grades as long as you kind of have what have uh, the requirements, the prerequisites, but it costs a lot of money. And I know some nurses who had the same degree I did, worked at, at St. Joseph's when I did, and they paid like $70,000. Yeah, man. And I, I come think about it. I'm like, dang, yeah. man, I, I left. I left owing nothing. Yeah. I didn't know if I once one cent. And I'm like, it helps. that's something that I don't take for granted. And grand, it man. helps you
0: build for your financial uh, freedom for in the future. Oh, because yeah. it's like, I was just talking to Diaz mm-hmm. in that last episode and we're in a $1.7 trillion deal. We have a $1.7 trillion debt problem here in the United States, you know, and teach their own. Like Everybody has their own opinions. They say, you know, we got to, you know, wipe out student loan debts. The government should just forgive them. Or some people just don't go to school, work and do find a trade, which they're all, these are all good answers to them. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm just like... Like, for me, I know, we, you know, Bree and I, when we graduated, we didn't graduate with uh, school debt either because we found scholarships. Like, what was your process like when you made that decision? I'm going to go this school route, and I'm going to try
1: to pay as little as possible. Well, that's that was kind of what I was referring back to when I was just like, you know, this is my only option, right? Because that's when I knew that I had to, like, suck it up and and get good grades because that's that's pretty much it. Right. we hear a lot of rumors, you know, everyone's always like, oh, about the program, especially they they're just like discouraging rumors, you know, that, oh, you're going to be on the wait list for, I've been on the wait list for years and this, this and that, and it's so hard and it's almost impossible. And this—and back then it was, you know, back then it was really hard because they were a lottery system, right? But now it's a point system, which means that it reflects purely on your grades and your test scores, right? And other little factors too, which benefited myself because my parents were, uh, dope it up to you know teach me how to speak Spanish you know what I mean I was a first uh, generation college student things like that that and I volunteered at St. Joseph's for for a little while that gave me extra little points right. you know what I mean towards the program and towards the application but some of those things are things that I took upon myself to do you know what I mean like I it was a process to go volunteer at St. Joseph's and I did it for for months you know in the ER from like seven or, or six to midnight I, I would volunteer like four or five hours you know every other night you know just to go and, and, and just get these hours under my belt so that I can apply with them, you know? And, uh, that's why I was just focused on Delta's program for the fact that I knew that I could not afford to go into another program where I knew I was going to have to pay out of pocket, you know, private fees and stuff like that. So going into taking these classes, my mindset was like, I got to ace these classes. I got to do the best I can, you know what I mean? Because if I don't, I'm not going to get in and I'm going to be in the same position. These people keep talking about how they're on the wait list because they can't get into this program. So, um, I was lucky, man. I was lucky in in, in the sense where I don't, I had my points, the points that I went into with the program. I wasn't completely sold on them yet. I think I was, I was, they only allowed 40 people in, I think 40 people, but back then, like maybe like seven, eight years ago, it was like 70 people or 80 people, but they cut it in half. So it was a lot harder. Right. And, I remember that I hadn't gotten in right away the first time around, this first time around, I, I hadn't gotten in right away. I was reserve one, which means that I'm, one, I'm the first person on the waiting list, okay? And my friend told me, was like she was in the, uh, a semester ahead of me, she's like, oh, you're in, guaranteed you're in. I was like, because people apply at other places, they get into other higher schools or whatever, and then they just drop out, and then I get that spot. And I was like, man, I hope you're right, because it's going to suck if I have to keep working, you know what I mean? Because that's what I quit. I quit work world. Okay because I quit work world when I was going to have my son because I was like, man, I know I got to save money and I can't, I can't afford to be working part-time in the mall. You know what I mean? If I'm going to have my son and if I'm going to get into this program, I need to work somewhere else, make some more money. So I did that all ahead of, uh, ahead, like ahead. I hadn't gotten into the program yet. Um, I was just hoping that everything fell into place and it kind of did because I left work world. I I got a job um, working at a um, electrical company in the Bay area. I mean, in, uh, in, um, Mantica in the warehouse working full-time you know saving money that i needed for when the program came i had to pay like a i think it was like two thousand dollars in the beginning just for like my uniforms and books and right, stuff right. you know and i had enough money to, to support my son when he first got here so um, everything worked out perfectly because i think i was there for like three months and then they called me and said oh you're Man. in I was like, Done. everything deal. worked out perfectly you know what i mean it's just like a it's like i said everything everything happened according to plan yeah and that's why i'm like I don't know if it was luck or, or blessings, man. I want to say it's both, but um, yeah. It's, oh, that's, that's my main thought that blessings was, for sure. That was my main thought process. Yeah, that was my main thought process because I was telling myself, well, if I don't get the best grades or the best test scores, you know, I guess I'll have to settle for making making loan payments. I guess yeah. you know what I mean because this is what I want to do. So, um, like I said, man, I'm I'm totally up. I'm totally
0: uh, you're at peace of what you've made is your decision.
1: Um, yeah I'm super I'm super super happy with how everything. they did you places.
0: uh like, and it's like you said that you like volunteered in all this like you mm-hmm. you know I feel sometimes we feel like we, like you know millennial I mean I'm a are millennials too in a way but like even younger generations mm-hmm. like you have to I, I think sometimes we forget that we need to even sacrifice our own time and and, and oh, not yeah. even and be to a point to where you know not get paid for what we do so that you know, oh, to yeah. get things that we no, want in the future. What do you think about that?
1: Exactly. It's one thing that I honestly, and I've been talking about, I've been thinking about this a lot. One thing that I hate a lot, and I don't hate a lot of things, man, but I hate entitlement. Oh. I hate people feel like they I hate people feel like they're entitled to things because because of anything. You know what I mean? And um, when I decided to do that, when I decided to volunteer at first, it was it was more for a purpose of um, not only for you know to get those hours under my belt, right? But to figure out that this is what I want to do, if this is the environment that I want to spend my career in, you know what I mean? Because I hadn't really been into a hospital environment mm-hmm. before. It was all just classes that I was taking, you know what I mean, science classes and stuff like that, chemistry, things like that. And it's completely different from actually being in that environment, right. you know, things you see and, and, and things you have to do and things you have to deal with. So that's one of the re- other reasons why I was like, okay, well, I'm going to volunteer in the ER. I'm going to be here, you know, during, uh, and see, see what it's like see what the nurses actually do and, and see, just see what it's like, you know what I mean? Get the vibe and see if this is something I actually want to invest my time in. Right. And it was, I, I, I really liked it. You know what I mean? I didn't, I never worked in the ER uh, and I get a lot of, uh, I give a lot of praise to everyone who does because it's, it's a real tough, tough thing dealing with, you know, with people in that time, you know, because when they're, when they go in the ER right at the beginning, they're just, they're feeling the worst. They're feeling the worst. So I give a lot of props to them. And a lot of my friends who work in the ER right now, you know what I mean? So, um, that's one of the main reasons why I did that, you know, but like entitlement, you have to, you, you have to, you have to give up to get, you know what I mean? Um, nothing's going to be given to you. Nothing's, you know, you have to, you have to work, right. you know, and I'm sure that our parents coming from the era that they came from, they instill that in yeah. us, you know, but it's up to us to actually pick that up and to, to carry it with us, you know, and my dad t- would always take me and my brother out to work, you know, he did stuck on houses and construction and he would always take us out. And he would have me do like the manual labor, you know what I mean, like that's the, tough, like the pulling the yeah, just the manual labor, just the stuff that just tires you out. And he didn't want me to learn any kind of skill stuff, you know, none of the skill stuff. And he told me, "You're not going to do this. Yeah. This is not what you're going to do with your life." You know what I mean? So you just worry about doing this and doing that. And I was like, okay, it's still good you to do. But
0: stucco, man, those that do stucco, that's hard work, bro. <laughs>
1: It's tough. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I hated it. Dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. And it's really funny how this stuff works. It's really ironic, you know, because it's things that we hate. Like when we're going through something and we hate it. Yeah. After the fact, you're just so appreciative of it. You know what I mean? And I hated waking up at four in the morning, you know, on weekends, you know, when I wanted to stay in and, and go and help my dad because I mean, I would help him and sometimes he would give me like 40 bucks, (laughs) sometimes he would give me 50 bucks, sometimes he wouldn't give me anything and it would just be for the fact of me helping him and him not having to pay somebody else, you know, but it's the things that, it's not just the work, it's not just him wanting to, you know, have us suffer, you know, during work, because he's trying to teach us something, you know, like, you gotta, you know, put an effort in life or else you're gonna be doing this kind of work, you know what I mean, not not, not that what he does isn't good enough, you know, because he made, he makes good money doing what he does and he loves what he does. He loves it. And I think that's what I knew. That's all anyone's was. Anyone, any of us can really ask for is to love what we do. You know, he, he went to work every day and he loves it, you know, so, um, good for him, but I knew it wasn't for me, you know what I mean? I forgot it wasn't for me. And I was like, Nope, it's not what I want to yeah, do, man. And, uh, but little things that he instilled while we were working, you know what I mean? Or just talking is what brought me to where I am now, you know? Um, so that's yep. good man
0: that's change and transform like transform your mindset and everything right there because it's like entitlement yeah, all right man that's that's something that's good to i think. hate it i hate it dude i hate it i was yeah. you know you brought up something about the er and it kind of wanted to lead to this one is the most important conversation because this is something that we're dealing as a whole is this pandemic right COVID 19
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know you're in the nurse you're actually working now county i believe right you say you moved into the county you was at you were at uh san joaquin or you were at san joe's, joe's yes. for a while yes. but are you at the county now or no
1: yeah, okay. now. I, I, I just started there. Yeah, just
0: tell me your thought process first on COVID nineteen, man. Like as from the perspective of a nurse, bro. Just I, I want to. I've always, you know, you can have conversation with folks and have this political dialogue with folks, and it can. Yeah. And it's like okay, but I I really want I and you know I reached out to you right away because I was like, bro, I need to hear this from a nurse perspective because mm-hmm. they're the ones on the front lines. Like, forget what politicians are saying right now. Forget what news anchors are saying, I want to know exactly what, how the nurses are feeling, you know? So I'm just showing, like, I want you to see if you, I want to hear your uh, perspective on this COVID-19 thing,
1: man. Yeah. You know, man, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was like, it's one of those things where it was, it was funny to me. It was funny to me in the beginning because, you know, it was like mid-February, you know, and I had just taken my, I took, I took my son to uh, Universal Studios, you know, it was mid-February and we we're out there with everybody and this stuff was already going around, you know. And I thought it was kind of messed up that everyone was making a joke out of this because you would hear, we would talk about, we were talking because we knew about it. Like we were, we were here about stuff and everyone was making these memes about the coronavirus. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you came across mm-hmm. that, but like on Twitter and stuff like that, people were making these memes about this virus, you know. And I didn't take it serious because I'm like, oh, well, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, well, I mean, it's not over here, right? It's just over there. And this is maybe it's a little thing. And who knows the severity of it? But then once it started, you know, things started changing around here. You know what I mean? Uh, sports started getting canceled. And all this stuff started happening. I was like, oh, crap. This is something bad. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's one of those things, man, my perspective on it, it's, it's a weird time. It's a weird time to be a nurse, man, because we're trying to be in the medical field, you know, even if you're studying and stuff like that, because it's something that has not happened in a long time. And this probably hopefully won't happen again for our lifetime. You know what I mean? Another pandemic like this. Um, so for me, just experiencing with it. Um, it sucks, man. It's, it's terrible because things don't feel normal anymore. And what does feel normal is not right. You know what I mean? Uh, having to. And I think it's worse more the political side of things, you know what I mean? How they're making everything about politics and they're making everything. It kind of, it kind of takes away of what's actually uh, happening, you know, in these hospitals and stuff like that. And especially with things happening now with the vaccine, you know what I mean? And you'd be surprised of how many people in the medical field don't trust science. It's weird, you know, but you get a lot of people who work and you know, work in these hospitals. Take care of these Wait, hold on. what do you, mean, what do you mean
0: by that? A lot of the medical fields don't trust the science.
1: Like, what do you mean? Don't trust the science. Don't trust the science. As in, like, there's some, there's some uh, nurses who still won't trust the science behind the vaccine. Oh, like they don't. Okay, you so know. they
0: feel like the vaccine won't be affected. This is just like more of a
1: political. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. There's even people, like I said, just because we're in the medical field and we understand how this stuff works you would think that they would have more, they would back it up more. Right. You know I mean, they would understand more, uh, which I do. I, I, I do, I do back it up and I'll tell you about that, you know, in a bit, but, um, what, it, there's a lot of people who don't believe this yeah. is real. Man. What do you, what do
0: you, yeah. yeah. And I feel you. And then the thing is like, what have you seen since you were like you've been in there in the hospitals and you've been in and you've seen, I'm sure you see COVID patients. You've seen them in the, in the icus and all that like what does that do to a nurse's psyche you know when you're in there you have family at home you're coming home to every day you're you yeah. know like all this stuff that i know like put it it's, this way my wife when she comes back from work bro when brie comes back from work she literally like takes off everything and i'm talking about everything mm-hmm. our clothes, everything because she doesn't want to bring it in and then she goes to the exactly. shower. how about you when you're actually there in the front lines you know
1: it's, it's, it's tough, man. And that's, that's like a, you know, especially like in the, you know, when you see it, cause there's nothing new to see really sick people. You know what I mean? That's nothing new, you know? So to see people in the ICU, it's nothing new. It gives you perspective on life, you know, uh, because you think that we, we think we have issues, you know, we think we have problems and, you know, spend a day in these ICU, spend a day in the hospital period. You know, like I said, when I, when I was with you guys, you know, with, with Bree's grandpa, you know what I mean? You guys' family dynamic, it, you guys were going through something, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of your issues outside of that maybe seemed really minimal mm-hmm. compared to what, you know, Bree's grandpa was going through or, or what you guys were going through. Yeah, you're ago. good, man. You're okay. good. What you guys were going through, you know what yeah. I mean? So when it comes to that aspect, nothing's really changed in the sense that sick people, we've seen them, right? But it's everything else. And it's the amount and that this, this, is, like can- this is like cancer because it doesn't discriminate. Right. You know, it doesn't discriminate age. It doesn't discriminate race. Uh, race, nationality, or race or anything. Anything. You know what I mean? And it affects everybody differently. People can have it and not know it, and people have it, and you definitely, you definitely, definitely feel it. So, um, the whole aspect of uh, or the whole thing about you know after, it just creates a big paranoia yeah. because, you know, you can't hug anybody anymore. You know, you can't. You can't even shake people's hands anymore. No you got to elbow, elbow tap yeah. them, or you know, it's. And I think that like it's weird. It's kind of ironic because in a sense, in a time where you know we kind of need to socialize with each other, we need to be involved with each other. You know what I mean? For support, we we can't show that um, The same affection. That, that yeah, that affection of touch. You know what I mean? That affection of uh, of actually being there to you know to support. And that's kind of the ironic thing about this. Uh, have you seen a lot of, but yeah I mean, have tough, you seen a lot of it was yeah. fun. have
0: you seen a lot of latinx folks or latinos that were affected like do you feel like they're really affected like i know in the news it reports this but have you seen a lot of latinos affected way more than you th- it's
1: it's mixed man it's mixed honestly it, it's like like i said before it doesn't discriminate yeah. it i've seen all all kind in of it you know it's i don't know it's one of those things where you can't just pinpoint and say, oh, you know, these people get affected more because it's just like all all walks of life, all age groups. And you see it, you know, maybe the chances of a younger person, you know, um, from it affecting a younger person more than the older elderly, maybe it's higher from an older, 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 uh, older patients. But you've seen people with, you know, 20 year olds who were to the point of dying. I had one of my buddies who I went to high school with. And this guy, he was talking about, I, I, I was, I reached out to him on, on, on Snapchat because that's where I, I saw that he was in the hospital, you know, and in the beginning it was okay. And then after that, after like the first couple, he went he got admitted. And then after like the next, the next night or whatever, this guy was on um, like all these like different, I, I can say it, but you guys might, but but you know, they might understand, but it, he was on a bypass machine, which is like, it's pretty much what they use when you need, when you had like to uh, increase, you know, uh, air pressure into your lungs. Yeah, oxygen, right? And he was, he's 28, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, he felt like the anxiety level, like he was going to die. you know what I'm saying? And he was, he was healthy. He worked out and, you know, um, it it hit him super hard, you know? And I know some people who would, it didn't, it didn't affect at all. So. Did you uh, ever get it, bro? Did you ever, have you, have you came across it? Cause it's good, man. I, no, I, I, it, I had a couple scares, and it wasn't uh It wasn't until recently, mm-hmm. and it was more on uh, my girlfriend's side of the family. Yeah, because we got it. Bree and I both got it, and then. Oh yeah, really? And it
0: was a. Fe- it, it affected us too, but it didn't affect us to where we needed to go to the hospital. But we were concerned. Mm-hmm. Like I was the first two three days. I was like, oh man, and all that. But I mean brie got affected you know especially being pregnant that was a scary moment for
1: us it's scary dude. it's scary it's scary to the last man because then because you hear because you hear about how it affects people and then you know even though they even though know, they say oh the chances of it happening of it really really hurting it's still in the back of your mind like this can really mess me up and you know and it, it's shown that it affects people even after they get over it it still affects yeah. people like you know little things you know so um i'm glad you guys are I'm glad you guys are better man because i i, I know a lot of people who like I said, all in our age group who didn't get better. You know what I'm saying? And so they're still fighting this thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And do you feel like, um,
0: so go as home. a, you know.
1: Go over there. Go over there. Go over there.
0: Go over there. Yeah, yeah, man. Can
1: you guys not look
0: Yeah, it's all, all right, good, all it's all right. good, man. It's the daddyhood right now, but uh, you know, um, what was I gonna say? You know, kind of closing out, but you know, I know that as a nurse, you see what you see, you know, it has an effect on you mentally. I know that, but the things mm-hmm. that you also hear and see too, where you, you know, I know you're off social media, but I know you still hear about it, like hearing that people are still gathering, you know, because I feel like that. Like stuff oh, right, right, right. like that and still you know we were in the purple tier for like the longest and like what does that do to you as a nurse and i mean how about your colleagues as well like as nurses when you hear these stories like how does that make y'all feel
1: it's like it's one of those things where it's like um where did they, what is it what is that uh, it's like when they say like ignorance is bliss unless people don't know what they're going through or some of those some of these people like i said if you weren't in the hospital seeing this stuff, you don't know what the magnitude of this thing is. You know what I mean? And it's very easy to say something like numbers on the screen are fake, you know, especially when a lot of people now they're talking about fake news and they don't believe anything they see on TV. <laughs> fake news, nowadays, yeah. You know? yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they don't believe anything. They say, they don't believe anything that they see on TV. Right. Or they have really selective, really selective, um, beliefs about, you know, whatever pertains to their beliefs. That's what they believe. So for me, I spoke to you about this before, you know, off, off camera, but it's like, um, it's upsetting to a point. And it's also like, well, they probably, they just don't know better, man. It's just like, they don't know better because if they saw what we saw, if they did what we did and had to deal with the emotional baggage that it comes with, you know, and the physical baggage that it comes with doing what we do, then they would have a better perspective on, on, on their actions and what they do on the day to day. You know what I mean? They would know the magnitude and seriousness of this stuff. So, um, I can't really speak for a lot of, a lot of my colleagues because, um, we don't really talk too much about it. Um, we try not to, honestly. But does it upset me? Yeah, it upsets me. But I remember a time where in the beginning of this, like I told you, it was just a meme. I didn't take it serious, you know? And how do I know that these people aren't in that stage of, mm. of this, even though we've been in it for a yeah. year, you know. But it's not me making excuses for them because I wouldn't, man. But some people I don't know, they do it unintentionally. Some people know what they're doing, they just don't catch. Gotcha. So
0: You can't make people care. Yeah, man, I do appreciate your time though, bro. And and I know, and I, and I love hearing your feedback, man. And I know, I hope that those that are listening to this or, and when they do get a chance to watch this and listen to you and hear from your perspective, they they get motivated. Is there anything like you would want to close out on saying, like, you want to share to those that are listening, uh, like just moving forward about you yourself and how much this community just, you know, moving forward for this community?
1: you kind of froze off for a second yeah i got you you froze off that point oh okay i froze i
0: got you so i was just saying like uh like moving forward like i know we're i want to just close out just you know is there anything Mm -hmm. you would want like closing thoughts in your mind like how you know like just for this community how how you want to see like we improve this community regarding you know more individuals that pursue nursing pursue the medical field and you know also how to encourage let's say young latinos like yourself that are trying to pursue um to do better in life what do you have to say for that
1: yeah it's just about self-investment man i think it's just self-investment because you know we can talk about you know investing back in our community but we can't do that until we invest in ourselves you know what i mean until we put ourselves to in a position where we can actually give back so uh, it's kind of the same saying, oh, well, you know, we got to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. And I, I just think that, you know, everyone needs to um, understand that we can do anything we want. You know what I mean? We can do anything we want. There's no limitations to anything. Yeah, yeah. No matter if you're uh, male, female, trans, anything. It don't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, what your beliefs are. Um, as long as that you're striving to be better every day, you know, even that 1% better every day, you know what I'm saying? Um, And like I said, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom and that's okay. And depending on whatever you want to do, there's always going to be a learning curve and that's all right too. And just take, take everything with stride, you know, not everything negative has to be negative, you know, Uh, always, always be optimistic uh, and just, I don't know, man, just, Everyone needs to stay <laughs> safe. <laughs> just, just pain, stay
0: right? safe and 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 the vac- wash, wash your, your hands. hands. I, oh, and did, did, you did um, you did say something about the vaccinations? I, and I want to just get just so those that are listening, like, what is the vaccination like? The process of how it's supposed to work. Do you know or yeah? Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about
1: that. Cool. Yeah, so I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated already. I got I got my second dose already so and I didn't have much side effects honestly just a sore arm the first time and second time I had like a little fever which is normal and maybe like some fatigue you know what I mean nothing serious um which is kind of what it's supposed to do right so like basically like the basis of vaccines in general especially in the past not this one and I'll explain a little bit different of why it's different like vaccines back back like the ones we you know we give our kids and the ones we used to take when we were kids um they work by pretty much delivering either a weakened or an inactivated uh, part of that virus. Right. And we, we give it to ourselves so that our body can recognize that right and build antibodies so we can fight it. Next time we see it, I always use the analogy of like, Oh, you know, you can, like when you go and fight somebody, right? Like if me and you fought, right? If me and you fought and say I'm the virus and I beat you up, Right. Well, next time that I see you and we fight again, you might have a better advantage at beating me because you know how I fight, you know what I look like, you know what I mean? So you're better prepared next time around kind of how this is kind of how these vaccinations work because we give it to ourselves, right? Initially. And it's a weakened strand or like I said, an inactivated strand in our bodies. Next time we see it, right. We are better prepared to fight it because we have little fighters called the antibodies that go and know, yeah. fight it. Right. So, this one works a little bit different, right? Because it doesn't—it doesn't use that method, right? And that's why I think a lot of people are really anti-vax for it because they use something called mRNA, okay, messenger RNA. And pretty much what this does is it doesn't really give, like an inactivated. This we're not giving—you're not giving you the COVID um, nineteen right. virus, okay. That's people as people think it's—they need to do a little research because they think it's like the older ones, right, where they actually give it to you. They're not giving you any type of virus, right. All they're giving you is the instructions of a protein that pretty much gives your body instructions to make a protein, right? And um, they call it coronavirus because it has like crowns on the cell, Mm -hmm. right? Although the virus itself has little crowns. Those little crowns connect to cell receptors, right? And then that's where it infects the cell, kills it, multiplies and then it it makes duplicates of itself, Mm -hmm. right? Well, what this does is it pretty much imitates a receptor like that, right? And it delivers instructions to your cells like if it was the coronavirus, right, not giving it to you directly. And then your body then has um, kind of, it kind of mimics it, right? Without giving you any type of inactivated or weakened strand of that coronavirus. And then your body then creates antibodies just like it would um, if it was naturally infected, you know, um, with the real coronavirus. So then once it makes, you know, the antibodies, then it it can fight it next time it sees it, you know, it comes in contact with it. So it's a little bit different than past viruses and that's, I mean, and vaccines should I say. So I think that's why people think it's like, Oh, this is a new, this is a new method of uh, of a vaccine, you know, like in, and usually these vaccines take years to make. Right. right? And this one was made mm-hmm. under a year. Like, you know, that's why I think they can't trust it. But in, in, in reality, like a lot of the stuff that delays vaccinations from being created is more like the money, money right. side or the document, the document side, like the lawyers and all this stuff and the paper trail that you have to make, right? And the the country pretty much helped bypass all that stuff and made that stuff not an issue. Mm -hmm. Didn't make the money an issue, obviously, because we need it, right? Didn't make the paperwork an issue because all of the lawyer documents and all that stuff, we don't need to do it. So they pretty much just expedited all that stuff and got to the science, you know? So they just science the heck out of it. And then this is what we got, you know? So that's why I I didn't have an issue not trusting it, you know what I mean? Because you think about it, the whole world is, was working on this. Thing. Yeah, the whole world and you know, a lot of smart people, in this world, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I it wasn't mandatory for, for me to take it, you know, working that county it wasn't mandatory, but they were offering it. And it wasn't even really a discussion for me. Yeah. You know, I you see a lot of people online, you know, talking about, you know, this happened and this happened. There's medicines people take every day that, you know, maybe one person out of every one hundred thousand or every, you know, million had a terrible side effect that might've cost them their life, right. you know, but they still take the medicine, you know what so, I'm saying? So it's like, so, so you
0: do recommend folks taking it,
1: right? Like, even reg- I do. Re- I, I, yeah, I, I do, you know, I, I, I recommend it. And this is me. And check it out, man. This is not even like, cause like my daughter, my two-year-old daughter, she, she got her vaccinations and she had a terrible reaction to her one year vaccination. So but I don't know why it happened, but she got her vaccinations and that same night. She had a terrible seizure, man. Mm. terrible, terrible seizure. And we had to take her to the hospital. And I swear to God, Marquis, was like, you'll know, man, you'll know when you know, when you have your son, the feeling you feel, man. But like, I thought my daughter was like, I thought my daughter was going to die because I saw her, I saw her shaking and me being a nurse, I've seen stuff like this before, but when it's your baby and and you forget everything. Yeah you just become a parent and you forget everything. So I just, I didn't even see her breathing at one point and I was like, oh crap, I called 911 and it was just a terrible, like the worst, it was the worst thing i ever been through in my life. Worst thing i ever been through, hands down. And it was actually, it was the same day I, that she got her, you know, vaccinations or one year vaccinations, you know. Um, it was, I I take some blame for it sometimes, you know, because um, it's, a, it's a known side of it that it can happen, you know, because you think about it like I said before, you give these vaccinations, you know, they give weekend or inactive um, things, you know, in those vaccinations, you know, to these viruses and to these, uh, do these things so that, you know, your body can mimic them and to understand them, right? So I knew that if she received a lot of them, this could be a thing, you know, and she had received five vaccinations that night, that, that wow. day, and the doctor, and, you know, I wasn't, I was there, and, you know, I just trusted the doctor at the time, you know, I gave her Tylenol just prophylactically to make sure it was okay, but it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't make any difference because it still happened, you know? So, and that's me knowing that that happened to me personally, thinking that it would never happen to me, I'm still, still um, saying, you know, for people to go out there and get it because the pros severely outweigh the cons, you know, uh, uh, of getting this because, you know, because you had, you know, you had it already. You had the, 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 the virus. The, the, the virus, virus, Yeah. yeah. And it's not it's not good. It's not a good feeling. And the thought that you could possibly, you know, give this to your mom or your dad or your elderly family members, you know what I mean? And, and possibly harm them, it's not even worth yeah. it, man. So I just think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And um that's gonna be like the biggest hurdle for us to jump because people are scared already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and now we have a godstand sandwich supposed to be like you know, this vaccine is supposed to be like the thing that kind of saves us, right? You know, it's supposed to be the thing that kind of gets us over this. And a lot of misinformation is just uh, deterring uh, people from, it, from yeah. it. So it kind of sucks. But hopefully people come around and understand that, you know, this is kind of, this kind of will help us. Yeah. It'll help us. So sure. that's kind of my view on yeah. it. You know. I
0: appreciate, man. Thank you so much for enlightening us, educating us, man, and educating me, but also educating those that are going to listen to this, man, and hearing this part. Yeah. I hope that uh, everything that you say, you know, that we do take it serious and that we uh, continue to get vaccinated for not only ourselves, but our gente, our family, our loved ones at the end of the day, bro. So, man. Like I say, man
1: that's that, that's kind of how we're going to get back to normal, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate You know what I mean? We, we've trusted these things back in, in the past, you know, and uh, they for the most part, they've, they've uh, helped us and they've got us through. So hopefully, I okay, can't, I don't know a timetable when, when that would happen, honestly. But um, as long as we're striding towards that sort of normalcy that we were at before, that's all we can really hope for. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, I'm going to close this one now, man. I appreciate your time. This is my boy, Alex Orozco, nurse here at Stockton, California, man. Much love, bro. É,